Beloved, you are about to listen to a message from Reverend Prince Lai. Reverend Prince Lai is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of response. Your word is already anointed. Anoint the sins of clay, even as we sit under your feet. Once again, Lord, empower us by your word and cause miracles to follow tonight. In Jesus' precious name. Let all believers in this house shout the mighty Amen. Amen. Oh, is that all the shouts you can do for the Lord? Slap those two hands together for the Lord and take back your seat. Amen. Let's all be seated. God bless you, ministers of God. Amen. I'm very excited that you are here tonight. Amen. And I want you to welcome someone on your left and your right. Tell the person, welcome to the house of the Lord. Tell the person, wisdom will enter into your spirit. Hallelujah. Last two weeks, we started a journey that... I entitled the five initial tests that you will face when you accept the call of God or when you respond to the call of ministry or when you decide to serve the Lord. Amen? amen. Oh, amen. amen. And tonight I want to continue from there. I think it's the part three, the third week on the same subject. Last week we saw the first initial test. And we said that test is the test to prove a point. Amen. The test to prove a point. That a lot of us are falling into the daily temptation of the enemy to make us try to prove a point to God. Try to prove a point to ourselves. Try to prove a point to some people. That is the main reason why when you are praying on a food you are going to eat alone, you pray less than one minute. But when you are asked to pray on a food, a lot of people are waiting to eat because you want to prove a point. You realize that all of a sudden your prayer becomes lengthy than you would have prayed on your own personal food. The reason is because you have fallen in the temptation of trying to prove that you are spiritual. You are falling to the, that is why when you are asked to pray, or when you are praying alone, very short, but when you are handed over a microphone to pray to end a service, or to pray for a group, you realize that for once, your prayer changes. You realize that it becomes lengthy. Than what you would have done on your own if you were in your room. That means that God, in God's eyes, He can see that you are trying to impress people. Because under normal circumstances, you don't pray the way you are praying. Under normal circumstances, these tongues don't come. But because you were given a microphone in the presence of people, you are blasting in all dimensions and all kinds of tongues. And you see, you may not be conscious that you are becoming a man pleaser. But I'm just here to expose what is in your heart. That whenever you pray alone and you realize that you pray in a certain way. When you are asked to pray in the, in the midst of people or in front of people to pray that same way. Know that this is how I pray. My prayer is five seconds. God, thank you for this food. Amen. And you are done. But by the time we give you opportunity to pray over the family food or over the food, then you now start calling, Oh God of heaven, you that made the farmer and give seed to the sower. 
and bread to the eater. Thank you for today. It is about the 16th hour of the day. And today you have given me food to eat. I call for the heavenly host. Hey! Where you are in your room, your prayer is less than five seconds. You are becoming a hypocrite. Yeah. You are becoming a hypocrite. You want that guy to accept you. You want that lady to accept you. That I think he's a spiritual person. You are proving a point. Are you hearing me? Is that a shock? I know your mind don't go there, but I'm helping you. Amen. When you are going to sleep, guy, don't pray. You don't pray. But when we ask you to close a service, you want to pray for 20 minutes. Say, mercy, Lord. So from today, don't prove any point anymore, okay? Let love lead you. Be led by godly motive. That, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm winning a soul for you. It's not to prove that I'm a good shepherd. It's not to prove that me to have an anointing. That is why I'm going to lay hands on this one. You remember what happened to the sons of Sceva? Don't try to prove a point by trying to pray for people with a wrong motive. Otherwise, it will stifle your prayer and will inhibit the response. And you will think God is not there, but God is really there. And God wishes to do something, but you have fallen into the temptation of proving a point. Get a tape for last week and you will learn more about proving a point as a minister. Alright, so today I'm dealing with the second. You see, when you check the whole story, it's from verse 1 all the way to verse 13. It ended at verse 13, 12, 13, thereabout. The whole story that this message is coming out from. And the whole temptation stories were three, three scenarios or three different temptations happened over there. But out of the three temptations, you can find five temptations out of the three Scenes. The first one was with the, the stones turned to bread. The second one was at a different place. The third one was a different place. But the three, you can find five different. And that is the job that I'm trying to do to help you to see five tests within the three temptations. Amen. And so the number two test that you will face when you come into ministry. Or when you accept the call of God over your life, is the test of living without bread. The test of living without bread. Say living without bread. There are times God will test you by allowing you to live without bread for a season. And that season will be determined by how long it will take you to learn the lesson of living without bread, passing the test. It may be two years, it may be one year, it may be five years, it may be forever and ever. As long as you are failing class two, you will keep being there until you give up on the school and join a different trade. Are you following me? And so, if you will break through from hunger and lack, will be dependent on how fast you pass the exam. How fast you pass this test. How many of you want to pass this test? Because after this test, if you don't pass it early, human beings will laugh at you. They will laugh at you and your God. Because after this one, they can see with the eye. After proving a point, it's in your heart. They, they may not see it. But as for the test of hunger and lack, everybody will be a witness. When you are coming in your shoe, half looks worn out. Instead of flat, your shoe is diagonal. It has a diagonal shoe. <laughs> it's slanted. And you are holding the Bible. Your shoe is even disgracing the word of God. Sometimes when I meet some people who are preaching the gospel in the church, those days when I was in, 
I was using public transport. Like sometimes I get, I, I get a bit shy for the Lord. You understand? And I, and, and I feel like we must preach the gospel. Oh, you are, you, are, you, are, you are dressed well. You are wearing nice. But you, you rather sit in a car, you won't preach. And the one with some way tie. When you see the tie now, we are home. And a certain kind of coat. Not a suit, a coat. See that the thing is wearing the man. The man is not wearing. Hey! By the time your suit is swallowing you up, it ceases to be a suit. It is a coat. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Let's go into the word of God. That's by the way. Let's go into the word of God. Luke 4 verse 2 to 4. I'll read verse 2 and verse 4. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended. He afterwards became hungry. Now say hungry. Yeah, today I'm sure they are not giving you this. So just follow me. If you didn't come with the Bible, just follow me. After 40 days of fasting, the Bible recorded that and he became hungry. And listen, don't take that record for granted. He wrote it for this reason. He wrote it for, for, for the reason of the, the teachings that I'm giving you tonight. For you to understand that Jesus became hungry. Even as he began his ministry. And so it was not a mistake that he captured that, that word over there. After four, because you may think that after four years, he, he's a supernatural. Oh, Jesus is God. He will not be hungry. And so he wrote it for you to know that he was fully in the flesh. And he became hungry. And then you know what, what happened. He came to him, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And last week, I dealt with if you are the son of God. Now, in verse 4, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, or by food alone, but by every word of God. Amen. amen. Oh, amen. amen. And so Jesus was hungry at the beginning of his ministry. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, that it is one of the initial tests you will face if you step into ministry. The test of hunger or the test of enduring lack and hardship. It's a test you have to face like Jesus faced from the commencement of his ministry. And the Bible said that the devil came to him and tempted him because of the hunger. And behind the temptation of the enemy was the testing of God, like I explained to you last time. And so he faced the test of hunger, the test of lack. The test of difficulty. The test of poverty. As you may want to put it. You see, Jesus quoted to the devil, it is written, and what he was referring to was actually Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. What Jesus quoted was Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. In Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, look at what the Lord said. He said, so he humbled you and allowed you to go hungry. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your forefathers know, that he might make you know or learn a lesson that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. So this was what Jesus was quoting to the devil. Whenever you, you are confronted by challenges, by temptations, what must you respond with? The word of God. He quoted the word of God back to him. Now, the word of God that he quoted is the word of God that explains to us that the reason why God allowed the children of Israel to go through for 40 years, to go through the wilderness, to go hungry, was to humble them. Say, hunger can humble you. How many of you know that hunger can humble you? Yes, hunger can make a proud man become very humble. Hunger has a way, it has a magical way of toning you down. 
It can tone down your dressing. It can tone down your, your speech. A very hungry man doesn't shout. True or not true? There's a level of hunger that by the time you are talking, you are like a dying man. Have you seen something like that lying on the street before? There's a level of hunger. You have not got to the dance and you are hungry, you are talking, blah, blah, blah. There's a level of hunger that makes you quiet in the classroom. And you see that always after break time, there is a lot of noise than before break time. The reason is because hunger has a way of toning you down. And the Bible says that God wanted to humble them. To humble you means that to make you tone down. They came out of Egypt with a lot of excesses. With a lot of expectation, imagination. Some of you, you have, you have come into ministry with a high level of appetite. You can't stay in certain places. You don't like certain foods. I don't eat corn. I like air conditioning room. Uh, I like pizza in. I don't like kenke. I don't like chuozafi. You see, you, you see, you have come into ministry with a high taste. High degree of taste. And you see, it's like it will become very difficult for God to send you to certain areas to do ministry. It will become very difficult for God to make you marry a certain man you must marry because of ministry. Because your way of thinking is too high. Your way of expectation is too high up there. So for God to be able to prepare you for your destiny, He must tone you down. And the way to tone you down, number one, is to be hungry. That is why all of a sudden a rich man can, can manage single room without fun. A rich man. It, it's called hunger. It will make you manage it. You will learn how to manage a single room coming from a duplex. You will learn how to manage a single room. Maybe you were born into, into prosperity. When God is working on you, he can bring you to square one. And you have to eat all kinds of food before the door now opens. So by the time the door opens, you will not be and be doing all sorts of things. You will be a humble lady. You will be a humble man. And it's happening not through prayer. It's happening through hunger. Hunger is a force that God allows to control your appetite and your expectation. He made them go through the wilderness for 40 days and allowed them to be hungry so that he will humble them. So that he will change the way they think. So that he will make them pliable. They can be used. So that he can make them develop adaptation qualities where you can adapt to any corner you are put. See, some of you will tell you, go here. Say, no, I can't. Go to do this. I can't. No, 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 no. Some level of hunger and difficulty can make you dress in a certain way. Can make you wear certain dresses. Can make you drink certain colors of water. Yes. 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 When I went to Golokwati for the first time for crusade as a little boy around 13, 14 years, the color of the water was milky. <laughs> the color of the water was milky. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not joking. When we went to preach, they said, Oh, they have some rivers. When we went to the riverside, people were poo pooing inside. Cattle were just drinking. People were washing. That's where they were washing on stones. They were washing. And the same water too, they are fetched and they brought it to us to drink. Now, if God sends you as a missionary to such a place, you that were born at Ithlegon, you who were born at Dansoman, D.C., you were born at Odoko, all you know is pipe-born water. 
you don't know that there is something called river water that people are drinking. How will you survive? That is why, yes, tell me. <laughs> that is why God, even now, you don't drink pipe. Even now. Even now. Now you don't even like, now you have progressed. <laughs> now, such as, some of you two have moved on from such as. Now it's bottle water. One city, two cities. Hey! You see, so with such standard of living, if you are sent to Warabeba to go and start a branch for the church, I, I bet you that you can't go. You can't go. With such standard of life, where you eat three, three times a day, where you can't eat twice, where every food must contain balanced diet, with that standard, you can't work for God, I'm telling you. And so the initial test, the initial training that God must take you through is the test of hardship. It is part of the course. It's part of the curriculum. It's part of it. Don't be angry that when you became born again, you lost your job. Because God is bringing you to the place where he will humble you. Don't be surprised that after you became born again, things became rough. Now your finances have reduced. Now people who used to dash as ah, maybe a Christian in class. Oh, even when I accepted God, even when I decided to work for God, things have become better. God has brought you into the wilderness for training. And as long as you remain there, you must be hungry so that God can humble you. Lift up your and say, God is humbling me. God is humbling me. you. He's toning you down. He's toning you down because you, you are saying that you can't wear foods. And you are coming to ministry with such a mindset. You are going to marry a pastor, a full-time pastor, with such a mindset. God must humble you because you will be trouble for us. As for me, my children must go to Montessori. How will you go on missions? How will you be able to go on missions? I am saying that if God can use you, you should not nurture high standards of life. Otherwise, you, it will become difficult for you to even hear and obey the voice of God. Because you have a very high level. You see, so what I'm talking, it's not everybody who accepts what I'm saying. I'm talking to people that God is raising to become missionaries and pastors. Great men. Bible says, and Jesus became hungry. There's a level you will get to that you will be hungry. Yes. Even someone like Bishop Doug, whose father was a billionaire at the time, he was growing. Still, when he tells his story, you realize that he, he came to a point where he became poor. Because God will always be, He will make everybody step away from you. People who used to sponsor me and all that, they all stepped away from me as I stepped into full time ministry and I started facing hunger and lack for several years. Yeah. Because God needed to humble me. I've gone to live a big life all through campus and all that and I've come and I, and I would have transported that attitude and that, that kind of uh, exaggerated opinions and expectations into the ministry but God needed to humble me trust me God will humble you that is why I always advise people who know they are called that listen accept to be hungry now accept it now as you try your dinner accept it now now that you are one accept to be hungry now so that you can at least at least whoever will come and join you should know your standard of living they shouldn't come to meet your bank manager status then you go into ministry even if you are ready to be hungry they won't be ready they will fight you and then you say, hey, my wife is disturbing me. You should have been angry some years ago. You should have accepted the ministry quickly so that she would know she's coming to marry a pastor. Then she would have prepared her mind. Are you hearing me? By the time you, by the time God calls, you are in four-bedroom house. And now you are into full-time ministry. No salary is coming. 
It means that you have to change from four bedroom house to chamber and hall. You have already built a st- So why do you wait till you get there? That's why when the Lord called me, I will accept it now. So that I will be hungry now. So that whoever I'm going to marry will come and meet me in my chamber and hall now. And will say that I'm marrying someone who is like this. Don't, I'll wait for you to come and meet me in four bedroom as a successful man. And then now God still calls me. And I step into it. And now we have to retrogress together. And you will fight me for that. I don't know whether I'm speaking some wisdom. Initial test. And he did that to humble them. God is humbling someone here. Don't be angry about the training. It's just a humbling process, okay? Say it's a humbling process. That is why you are unemployed. It's a humbling process. God is humbling you. You think the earlier you learn that this is an examination, eh, it will help you because that will help you to pass. Once you don't know you are in an examination, you'll be making mistakes here and there. But once you accept that, oh, okay, this is the reason why things have become that war for me. And you, and you begin to conduct yourself accordingly, very soon you will cross this level. I said you will cross this level. Because some keep longer in it than others. Relatively, I think God has even favored me at a very, very young age. Yeah, because others have struggled more than me and others are struggling more than I have since I came into full-time ministry. And I, I, I believe that it's because of the grace of God. I'm a, a prepared mind that I came into the thing with. Amen. Are you following me? So the Bible says that, that he might make you know. He fed you. He will feed you with manna that he will make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. That means that the second reason why he will make you hungry when you step into ministry or he will introduce you into a season of hardship is because he has to teach you a lesson you will need for the future. Say lessons for the future. You are not saying it. Say lessons for the future. He has to teach you lessons for the future. He says that he taught them that man, the, reason, the whole reason why he gave them manna was so that they will know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. That's why he fed them with manna. He didn't give them food they, they knew about. They were used to the garlic and the onion and the maize and all those things. But when they were hungry and they cried and they were hungry and they cried, when God decided to surprise them, he gave them angelic food. And they said, what is this? Mana, mana, what is this? Mana. Mana means what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? And it became the name of the food. What is this? Mana, mana, mana. What is this? And when God fed them with it, they realized that, hey, you don't need to look for maize anymore. Just believe. When God says he will feed you, just believe. So man shall no longer live by bread, but by every word that comes from. If God says he will feed you, he will feed you. May God show forth in your life. I said, God is going to show forth in your dryness. Right in this, your will that Jehovah will supply for you. Just pass your test. Just pass your test. Now, one of the initial tests you will face is the test of hunger and lack. The situation where you will have to live each day by faith and trust God for each meal in the day. The situation of hunger and lack is the place where you have to live each day by faith. Say by faith. It's like each day, a day a miracle now. Because when you enter into the day, no salary, no money from anywhere. You are not expecting anybody to give you anything. So when something drops into your hands, all you can say, thank you, God. You were not expecting it. I have, listen, I've been there before. I am talking about something I've practically been there before. In Bible school, nobody is paying you, nobody is helping you, nobody is supporting you, nobody has promised you. And so, what you will eat per day is a miracle, it's an act of God. Because there are days that you won't sleep without any food. And so, the day that something will drop in your stomach, you are so grateful to God. And that is the season of hunger, it's the season of hardship. It is the season where you trust God for each meal. And I know some of you are there. You will not be there for long. 
I prophesy you not be there for long. Season where you don't know who is bringing the next meal. You don't know who is going to make the next phone call. So I've sent you Momo. <laughs> you don't know. Why you don't know who is going to pay you? When people are counting days on the calendar, it's not even your business because you don't get any, any, any salary. Nothing. You don't even know the date. Why you trust God? And you see, in that season, it helps you to trust God than every other season. When you become or you step into ministry, God will have to teach you. One of the lessons He will teach you is the lesson of trust. Trust me for daily provision. Trust me for daily He will teach you how? By making you hungry first. When you look left, right, and there's nobody to feed you, now you have no choice than to lift up your head to the hill. To lift up your head to God. And once you do it, one, two, and one mana drop, the next time you don't go left and right, you know mana is there. You are learning to trust Jehovah. Jireh. You are learning to, to trust his provisional power. You are learning to trust. So in the future, when you have become a powerful man of God, and you are, and you are looking at, at, at sponsoring thousands of people, and taking care of thousands of people, and running huge crusades, you are able to trust God for protest, because you were able to trust him for a bowl of soup. Sometimes people don't, don't understand why I can just get up and say that Ali, we are going to do this project. And everybody around me knows we don't have money for it. And I think that I'm going to, and by the time they realize, pop, the thing is done. How did I learn to have that faith and trust that anything I start talking about, pop, by the time I realize I've done it. I learned how to trust in God when I was in the Bible school. That was the season. When I had to believe him for each cup of Gary. When I had to believe him for a ball of Kenke. When I had to trust him that as I'm going God, let, let one ball of Kenke follow me. You don't understand. When you go and greet and you are going and you are believing God with faith. That I'm not leaving the kinky joint alone. The day the kinky doesn't follow you, you go and check your faith. Do your homework. Maybe you didn't claim it by force. You didn't use the principles of faith. Well. You eat each, each meal by faith. You get each dress by faith. You pay your school fees by faith. It's a season. In that season, you learn to trust God. And when it works and you come out of that, you see that you have some kind of crazy faith. You can believe God for anything. You can believe God for things people can't believe God for. You can trust God. When people are seeing impossibility, you are seeing that we can do this thing. We can do this thing. And they are like, how did you become like that? Italy, you, are, you are a very strange person. No! You have been through the school of hunger and lack. May you learn to trust God. May you learn to trust God. Because things in ministry can be very, very difficult. You will need to have trust and faith in God. And that's why God will have to teach you. And it comes through anger. Are you hearing me? Philippians 4 verse 11. Every man of God, hear me. You will be tested with lack and hunger. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Not that I complain of hunger, for I have learned in whatever condition that I am to be content. Look at Paul. Paul is speaking of as a pastor. He says, I have learned. I didn't pray for it. He had to learn it. I have learned in what I say, I'm not complaining about hunger. Ah, you people, you don't bring me food. I'm still, as your pastor, complaining about hunger. That's what he's talking to them about. Because in every condition, over the period of time, over the years, I, Paul, have learned to be content. Every condition. Can you be content when you are not eating the three square meal? Can you be content when your clothes are left with three? 
and you keep changing them. You just you keep repeating the same clothes. Can you be content when you have just one shoe? Can you be content? Can you be content? You, you will not be content. Can you be content? Paul says that I have learned to be okay. To be content means, oh, I'm okay. I can survive it. If I, if I don't have money, I can still be there. If I have money, I can still be there. Ask the one by you, if you don't have money, will your character change? <laughs> it's a question. If your pocket is not looking good, Will it affect your Christianity? Mr. Shepherd? Will you come to rehearsal the way you are smiling today? Also, will you preach with alacrity if you stay at home for two years unemployed and there's nothing in your pocket? Will you to be preaching the messages I'm preaching? <laughs> You can't be inside. You have to first handle hunger. If you are failing with a little, little hunger you are handling, God can't even trust you for that one. So we sit down. I'm talking to you. Paul says that I have learned to be okay. Ask the one by you. Have you learned to be okay? Have you learned to go for shepherding when you have been sacked from work. Have you learned that one before? Have you learned? Like, do you have an experience where, where a bad thing has happened? Like, like, like the way I woke up in the morning, they've stolen my items, and I still come, and I still come to preach about a very important subject. Thanking God is a good thing to thank God. And that morning, as I was preparing, it's a good thing to thank God. I had an experience that should have changed my message. And come and preach today. I'm talking to you about, oh God, why me? God, why me? And I would have prepared it, Shay. God, why me? <laughs> oh, God, why me? <laughs> but I still came with all my disappointment and all my heartbreak. I still came and I preached it. If not that I ended by telling you what has happened to me, you wouldn't have even known that I've been through something this morning. That's how it is. Can you be constant? irrespective of what is going on. We, we can't even tell you. We, we can't even tell until you tell us what you are going through. Because you are still on fire. You are still praying. You are still cleaning the church. And, like everything you used to do when things were good, you are still doing them. Now that things are not good. Can you be like that? Yeah. Hmm. Am I speaking to you? This is for ministers. I'm talking to you. Everything is fine. We know how you dress smartly and you come to church. It's like everything is cool. But when things take a nosedive and it's as though everything has rebelled against you, welcome to your wilderness. Will you still put on that smile? Will you still arrive in church on time? Will we still see you dress smartly? Or you drop all your clothes and look wretched because there's something wrong on the inside. Do you know that what, is, what, what you are feeling on the inside determines what you put on? Yes. So I hardly select the dresses I wear on Sunday, on Saturday. There's some people I on Saturday for, for Sunday. It's a very smart thing to, to do. But it's, I find it difficult because I dress per my emotions as at that time. You understand? Uh-huh. And so I'm asking you <laughs> that as you are coming, will you still look smart? Now that things have become rough, or you just look wretched and you can, and I'm talking to you, you know what I'm saying? That you don't even feel like ironing your dress. You just feel like putting on some shirt and just taking some simple wear and you are going all because you've lost a job. That's the main issue. That's the main issue. Because you can look better than this. The test of lack. 
and want. Paul, he says, I have learned. How many of you will learn it? You will learn it by force. You will learn it. Because, listen, if you are in ministry, then I'm telling you that you must learn how to be constant no matter the condition. That's why bad things happen to good people. Because they must learn it. God must find out. You must be tested. I don't say this out of a need. Not because I did it. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. You cannot say that. You can't say that because you have not faced it. Some of you are now facing it instead of you to pass it well. So that one day when the Lord has blessed you and you are speaking to your congregation and to a crowd and then they are, they are looking at you and then they think that oh you are, you are saying praise God today because all is fine with you today you are married you are driving you have a flashy car beautiful woman your kids are with you and then they will say that, hey, that's why you are saying the Lord is good but when you start telling them your story how you, you used to suffer, how you had to patch people's stores and containers, how you had to sleep in front of somebody's shop, how you had to be hungry, how you had to go and wash somebody's bowls at the top bar just so that you can get some food to eat. All this while, you were still preaching, you were still doing dumb preaching. You were, when you start telling them, then now you can quote this scripture that I have learned to be content, to be constant, to be okay. In every circumstance. I don't know when I'm communicating with someone. Otherwise, this scripture, you just quote it, but it's not, it doesn't apply to you. And a place in this scripture, Mr. Pastor. And a place. And the moral right to quote this scripture. Because a lot of things in the Bible, you don't deserve to quote it. This is one of the things you can't quote it. Because it's not by faith. <laughs> I've learned it by faith. You can't learn this one by faith. We learn it experientially. And then when you are quoting it, you quote it with the spirit behind it. Because you have the experience. You have the example. You have it. By the time I was a total mate in Odoko, sleeping in front of the stores at the station, sleeping in front of stores at the Odoko market. Now I'm a pastor right at the market. I used to sleep in front of the certain store here where the prostitutes were. Sometimes the prostitutes are there, they will call me. Right here, right here. Me, me, me. I'm talking to you about myself. Around that time, I was still praying on the path. Sometimes 2 o'clock midnight. I'm not coming home. Now come and sleep. And do you know my mattress? My mattress was a sack of beans or sack of rice or sack of uh, uh, gary. Like, th- th- that's what I sleep on because that's what has been packed in the store. So I talk. And I wake up in the morning. Th- that was my mattress. And by 4 o'clock, 4.30, then I'm 6 and 7. Pretty, repent, repent. Fahoma Yesu, small boy. That's how I grew up. And on top of it, I became a school dropout. Upon all the preaching I preached, my mates went to school and I didn't get any help, even though I passed. I could have been angry. Instead of being angry, I rather went to the village to go and do crusades. My mates were in school and I was in the village preaching. That was where I met that milky water. At Golukwati. In Volta region. Are you following me? Yes. You would have been offended with God. That God, I served you. Uh, look at the results you gave me. God, I served you. Uh, you didn't give me scholarship. I went to the village after I became a school drop and I was still preaching. Came back from the crusade. Went back to the station. Still working, doing all my whatever. What was doing and buying books, studying on my own. I was a church boy. Pass church. That was me. I grew up like that, whether I was in good times or in bad times. When I'm quoting this scripture, I quote it because I understand it. I've learned it. When you close from church and everybody say, Oh, you have done well. Today the prayer was good. Priest, today God bless you. The prayer was good. And they all moved their cars and they leave this. this, this 
little boy and you are going to sleep with hunger. And nobody says that, oh, take two cities, buy, buy yourself porridge. But I've led a whole prayer as a young guy in church. And they were, they were, oh, that, today was good. Today, today was good. God bless you. God bless you. And they will all leave me and go. And I'll go now. Proper yawning. And so if today you can see that a little has changed, at length, <laughs> I've gotten nowhere, but at least at my level. I have seen some here and I've seen a little here too. Am I speaking to someone here? Yeah. Young lady, you are learning how to be hungry and still not fornicate. Learn it. Learn it. You are learning how to be hungry. How you, how, how you can't dress anymore. You are learning it. Yes. Don't they used to change your hair every week? <laughs> yes. You used to change, you used to change your dress. Today you are wearing this. So everything that comes to the market, you buy some. But since you became a Christian and you, you came into ministry, have you seen that the Lord has managed to put a full stop on your life? And you seem to be trying and nothing is working. You seem to be pushing and nothing is working. It's because the Lord needs you in this season for a while. So that He will tone you down. Your extravagant lifestyle, He will tone you down. He will tone all your shabby shabby red, gold, green hair styles and other things. He will tone you down. When he finishes toning you down, he will now open a door. Why are you mentioning? Are you not a woman? Why are you mentioning someone? When he finishes working on you, that is when you see that now a door will open for you. Now money will start coming. By that time, eh, you have learned to be moderate. You've learned to manage things. Like Joseph, he now learned how to be a good manager. He was raised as a pampered boy. He was not going anywhere, always with the old man, Abrewaba, you know, enjoying the ambono, the encourage, you know, like, like that. So, coat of many colors, pampered boy. Then, by the grace of his brothers, he had to go to Egypt. <laughs> Over there, they, he learned how to be how to manage food small food how to manage how to suffer no more daddy's pet after he learned that for about 13 years then you know what happened after 13 years of hunger then god said okay now it is time take over the seat of the minister of agriculture take over the seat by that time he knew how to do savings he knew how to do agriculture. He knew how to manage food. And that is how he was able to save the generation. Because of who you must become, the way you are now is not good. God will have to tone you down and remold you into the vessel that can occupy that position. <laughs> Say, oh Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. That is why every job you go to look for, they want to sleep with you before. I came to give you the answer you have been asking God. The answer is because maybe those days you could have done it. You used to sleep around foolishly. Now, you must prove to God that even in hunger, you cross your leg. There's there is one evangelist who shouts, Ubetie, Ubetie, Ubetie. You will listen. <laughs> you will listen to it by force. Like, you can't. You can. That is why. That is why. I'm telling you the reason why. I'm telling you the reason why. The reason is because God needs you to pass that test. That whether in abundance or in hunger, you will not defile your body. Then you qualify to be who he wants to use you for. You need to pass that test. It's only the hunger that will bring the real thing out. It's only the hunger. It will make us know 
when you are going hungry, your mother is giving you pressure, and your hand, your mother is giving you pressure, and your mother is giving you pressure. Hey, you two, bring, bring your husband. Okay, you two, bring this. Hey, you two, like that, bring money, bring money. Let's go and do this. Hey, brother, then they will sack you from home, and then all that. That pressure will determine whether you accept that guy who wants to sleep with you, so that you can have the money, or so that you can, or you will still stand for the Lord. It, that pressure is necessary for God to know what is on the inside of you. Are you following me? Yes. I say that, I mean, me, I'm not a thief. Me, I'm not a thief. Me, I'm not a thief. It's because today you have enough. Wait! Wait! So that there will be a hunger. When the hunger comes. And you keep chancing on careless people's money. And you keep getting opportunities at the workplace zeros to it. Nobody will, will, will see. Your boss is calculating and then he makes a mistake and he plays. And instead of you going to correct him, then now you are torn in between. Then you are thinking. Then you are thinking. You see, God has allowed you to find yourself in that place because he's finding out whether you still have the, the spirit of victory on the inside of you. Whether you still have the tendency to steal, you say you stop. So the devil say, let's see. The right way to see is to put you in a corner. When your boss ordered the items, and you hear a mistake, one, one, one kind of year, and I bear five, I bear tosso. Five minutes, we'll calculate here. If it's my generative, I 5,000 Ghana. And you have waited one month. He has still not said anything about it. That means that Onimpo. You, you, you want that to be sure. baby, And you always come to church. And you are, and you are thinking, hey God, this one is my, my, my breakthrough or my breakout. God, is it my breakthrough? Is it my breakthrough? And God is sitting in heaven. And the devil is standing on your right hand. And the devil is saying, now let's watch. I'll show you that this guy. He's just in the shepherd's school. He has not changed. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you that this guy has not changed. I'll show it to you that this lady, she has not changed. I'll, I'll show it to you that. You see, that is what the devil did to Job. The devil stood on the right side and told God that you let us see. Now that I have touched his body, he will reject you. And it was a bet between God and the devil. Oh, Job, if you had cursed God, then you will know that what was going on was not sickness. It was just a bet between God and the enemy. A lot of things going on in your life, eh? There is a bet between God and the enemy. Your destiny is so huge. God must be sure that you won't disgrace him. The devil too is trying to discredit you. And you are seeing it as an opportunity to fornicate. You think it was a mistake that it rained. It never rained till she came to your house. Never in. Can't you see that it is it's a it's a setup? Can't you see that it was when she was with you before it started raining? Can't you see? That means that she can't go home. And you have intentionally taken Bible. Charlie, body no be sought. Walk on the rain. Because if you dare stay there with her, that she should, she, she should stay there. And you people will just pray, oh no, no nothing will happen. <laughs> mm, that's why we say, oh, I'm going to that. Now about 2 a.m. I don't know what I'm speaking to someone. Nah. I may be laughing, you know, but what I'm saying is what is going on in almost every one of you seated here. I may not mention your, your example, but as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit has already taken your mind to the test, the things that is in relation to this. Verse 12. Paul is telling us his record. You to one day will be able to stand before your people and tell them your record. 
He said, I don't say this out of... Oh, give me verse 12, my dear. Verse 12. I'm just telling you what Paul is saying. He said, I know both. Oh my God. How I pray that one day you can also beat your chest and tell somebody, hey, you, 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 don't, you don't want to suffer. Hey, come on. Hey, daddy, things are not well. I said, it's my fault. Please. <laughs> It's like, it, it, it's like indirectly, they are trying to tell you that, that you, you promise that when you serve God, things will be well, but we are serving God, we are not seeing anything. Yes, because you are in the school of hunger and lack, and you are failing the exams. That's why you are keeping long there. That's why you are keeping long there. So pass it. He says, I know both how to have little. How many of you want to learn how to have little? I lift up your hand, you don't lift up your hand. God will teach you. <laughs> Some of you are already there. You are already in that school. So lifting up your hand doesn't change anything. Paul is saying that as a minister of God, I know how to handle little and I know how to have a lot. In any and in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether I'm well fed or I am hungry, whether I have abundance or I'm in need, I've learned the secret. The secret is called self-control. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret that when I have plenty, I will not misbehave. And when I have small, I will not misbehave. Some of you, when you have plenty, we can't control you. Yes. Yesterday, one of my, my sons from fellowship visited. And I was telling him, he was now telling me, oh, by the grace of God, now he's on his own. He has um, uh, rented a place. I said, oh, that's great. That's great. He brought his, his beloved to show me. I said, oh, beautiful. I advised them and all that. Then I told him that, you see, those days when we were doing fellowship, you were staying with your auntie. You didn't have a key. Now you have a key. Now you can open and close your door. You see this fine girl sitting by you too. She will one day visit you at home to see your house. We will see whether you we are really, really holy. It's now that God will see. I, I told him. And I showed him how to overcome it. I showed him. Said, Don't stay in the room with her. When she has to visit you, meet on the road and walk. And go and sit somewhere. Drink Coca-Cola. And watch movie in cinema. Don't stay in your room. Don't intentionally slot in Passion of the Christ that you are watching. Or Jesus movie. Don't, don't watch that one. Don't intentionally say that you are praying for your cell groups. And you are doing it in a room. You are praying for your cell groups. Oh, we are all shepherds. So we are praying for our, our, our ministry. Don't say you are praying for your future marriage. The devil, he was there before you were born. <laughs> Meet outside and go. If you come anywhere close to your room, you should be outside your house. Sit there. If you spend five minutes in your room, you are calling for your own downfall. Take it or leave it. I'm telling you, take it or leave it. You tell me, if you bring the Yifupin, I will say it. If I say stop the church, I don't even care. If like one joke. <laughs> what we tell you, you think you, you speak in tongues. You have not seen an erected man speaking in tongues. You've not seen Go and try it. You will see. You will see. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. Spiritual people, when they are even having sex, they can even speak tongues. You don't know. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what I'm saying. It's true. It's true. You see, you see one thing, one thing about, about sexual intercourse is that there's a level that when you get to, it's high level ecstasy. Oh, this guy, don't mind him. There are people who behave like this. <laughs> they are more than in what I'm saying. Hey, listen, listen to the advice of your father. Listen. I'm giving you wisdom. 
I'm saying that sex is an exciting thing. That's why the devil uses it against you. And when you marry and you're having sex, you realize that there is a certain stage of sex that, is, that has high ecstasy, high level of, of emotions. That is the, the, the area around where we call orgasm and other things. You see, after the time you are, you, are, you are getting there, if you are a Muslim, if you are a Muslim, something that is, that you deem to be very high, that's what you, you say, something crazy, something high. So you, you see that, if you don't even take care, you'll be, you'll be mentioning Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad. Muhammad, <laughs> <laughs> should I teach? I'm, I'm teaching. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you are a shepherd, you are a Christian, you have been teaching, you have, you have been preaching, you have been speaking in tongues, you are a prayer warrior, shakat kabah. It is likely that when you get to that level, you will be say, kabahata. Hey, leke take it. <laughs> It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> you see, so don't deceive yourself that oh we are praying so not to happen. Don't don't deceive yourself. This this year around two two months or so ago. Around two months, eh, let me say two months into three months. A similar case like that came to me. Similar case. One is from this church, the other is not from this church. And I came to me, they said that is, uh, this person is, comes to your church, eh? And they started giving me the. the I said, oh, I think I know him. I, I think I know him. Then when I spoke with the lady in question, I realized that that's a similar thing that happened. They think that, oh, nah, nah nothing will happen. Please, listen to wise counsel. I said, that thing called sex is no respecter of anointing. It's no respecter of shalababa shalab. It's no respecter of Bible. You can do it right by the Bible. You will not even be convicted. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So don't get close to sitting for five minutes or stay in the room. My advice you don't take it. Sit outside and chat. Sit outside. This is where my beloved comes to my house. Ask Pastor Solomon, he'll tell you. We go and sit at Westleaf Grammar Campus, Lover's Bench. Then we are chatting. <laughs> my house is just around Westleaf Grammar. That's our usual spending time. Especially when she's coming and I'll be left alone with her. We'll go and sit at Westleaf Grammar and chat. You want to host much in your, your house. Are you following? Let me, let, me, let me go on. I'm teaching about the test of living without bread. He says, In all things, I've let the secret of having plenty. No matter how God will bless, I, I'll be able to keep it. So I know that some of these blessings I'm seeing now, God is going to test the other side. But okay, now having a family, having some money in your pocket, having some uh, a bit of comfort, some nice cars here and there. You see, whether your life will change, God will start checking it. I mean, you have passed the other one, so you have to pass this one too. And Paul is saying that I've learned to be content and I've learned to be hungry. No, this is I've learned the secret. And then in verse 13, he ended by saying, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He says, so that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He was talking about, I can be hungry through Christ who strengthened me. Yes, you quote it for your own things. You don't quote it when you are hungry. It is rather when you are hungry, you must remember, Charlie, I can be hungry through Christ who strengthens me. I can be sacked from work through Christ who strengthens me. I will survive it. <laughs> Anytime any bad thing happens to you, after that, I can face this one through Christ who sent it. That is when Paul made that statement. It's not when he was maybe trying to do 
some big invention or something they say i can do all things through christ you use it for those purposes he quoted it when he was talking about being hungry Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Reverend Prince Lai. If you have been blessed by this message and have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died, that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven and you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko, adjacent Best Point Savings and Loan, Odoko Market. For more information, please call 0543 248. 982 or 0241-372-895. God richly bless you.